All right. All right, everyone, take your seats, please. We're about to begin. This time, we're talking about which problem we're trying to solve. This is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we help you create sustainable, positive changes in your habits, in your mindset, and in your life. My name is Brock Armstrong. And I'm Monica Reinagel. In this podcast, we often encourage you to identify things that aren't working or maybe just could be working better in your life and to design solutions to those. But sometimes we end up designing solutions that are unnecessarily complicated or costly. Mm -hmm. We may even lose sight of that original objective and end up designing a so-called solution (laughs) that doesn't solve the original problem at all. So in this episode, we're going to teach you how to notice when you may have lost focus so that you can get yourself back on track. Yeah, it's such a good topic. It's so easy to get distracted by the shiny things. But we've got lots to say about that. But first, we'd like to spend a little bit of time talking about what we're working on or what you, the listeners, are working on. And this time, we've got a little message from our Waylast group. thought it was an interesting one that somebody happened to be listening to one of the Change Academy episodes, episode 43, about what's holding you back. Now, this episode actually caught the attention of this listener more than all the other ones. And and they then went on and took the quiz that we have posted over at our Wayless website. You can find it at wayless.life slash quiz. And this person actually scored the lowest score that they could get for impulse control. In the spirit of Change Academy and what we work mm. on in, in Wayless, this individual took it upon themselves to make do some planning and do some removing of a lot of snack food and things that the kids had kept around the house and is still in progress doing some of that kind of stuff. But I love hearing these sort of positive stories come out of both the podcasts that resonate with people and then how they take action with it. Yeah. And just to give you a little context, if you haven't listened to that episode, we were talking about assessments and how you can take assessments to evaluate your skills in any given endeavor that you're working on and kind of identify which area might need the most work so you can focus your attention. So that's the the background. And so we had shared a quiz that we put together for the skills that help people create healthy habits. And you can take that little quiz that Brock just mentioned and get scored in all of these different categories. And one of them was impulse control. And actually, uh, fun fact, of all of the, and we've had hundreds and hundreds of people take that quiz now, and impulse control turns out to be the number one challenge for the most people of all six that we talk about in that quiz. Interesting. It is interesting. I I didn't actually see that one coming, but uh, now that the numbers are rolling in, it really is a problem that people have and um, one that we hope that we can help you with. Right. And of course, one of our strategies for exercising any kind of impulse control is to just try to engineer our environment so that we need less willpower so that we have to spend less energy resisting those impulses And this is a great example of that. She said, yeah, I'm trying to remove the snack foods that are tempting me in my house so that I don't have to, I'm not falling prey to their temptations. Yeah. In the Weight Loss Program, we call that hacking your habitat. Right. And you can do that in all kinds of ways. But yeah, yeah, let's, let's jump into today's topic. Yeah, I find this one to be really interesting because we do see this happen quite often. And I know it has happened to me more than once. (laughs) And actually, for years, 
Uh, here's a little little thing. Now, don't get any uh, criminal ideas from this. Uh, but for years, I used the phrase, what's the focus as the passcode for many apps and devices that I used? You know how you have to add, like put a little passcode into like a laptop when you open it up? Yes, but Brock, we're not supposed to be using the same password in different apps. Okay, know, so you know but, better now, right? Well. Especially since you just shared your password with <laughs> thousands of people. <laughs> the key is, is that it had, different combinations of numbers and letters and symbols and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I don't use that anymore. But I did use that for years. And the point of doing that was to actually prompt me to just take a second to remind myself what I was supposed to be working on right now. Oh, because you'd actually have to type those words as you opened up whatever the application was. Right. So as I was typing that in, I'd take a little beat and and just reset myself, get clear on what it was I was working on. Mm. It wasn't <laughs> my goal wasn't to go to Facebook or look at social media or check email or something. I was like, what am I working on? Oh, yeah, I'm writing an article or oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be working on a spreadsheet or whatever it happened to be. And that just helped me stay on track much more effectively and not waste a whole bunch of time and energy working on, like you said, those quote unquote problems that didn't actually move me towards my goal. And now that in particular, that example is actually more of a business or a productivity hack. But we think that similar issues exist when we're working on ourselves or on our goals. We get focused on shiny distractions or red herrings that lead us to spend a whole bunch of energy on these elaborate solutions instead of just really working to solve the issue at hand. Okay, I have to confess, I am the queen of this. (laughs) And part of it is that I just really love to solve problems. I mean, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. I really enjoy the problem-solving process. It's true. But I have to acknowledge that sometimes, maybe often, I'm I'm guilty of over-solving a problem. In thinking about how I might be able to solve it, I get really carried away by cool things that I might discover kind of on my way to researching those solutions that I'd never thought of before. But now that I know about them, they seem awfully cool. And before you know it, I've built this elaborate structure of steps to take and things to add and that have kind of very little to do with whatever that problem was. So I definitely am guilty of oversolving problems. And I think that's one species of what we're talking about here. Yeah, we actually just simplified, I guess, a, a major part of the Wayless program because we, you know, you look at things and think, oh, yeah, I could use this plugin and and use yeah. this service and it would make it this fancy. And then it, it took us how many years now? Four years to go, wait a second, we really overcomplicated that. <laughs> well, there was a reason at the very beginning, but that original reason that we had made that choice had long since been overtaken by events and we never looked back yeah. until... A few months ago when you were like, wait a minute, I could eliminate four plugins here. (laughs) And it feels so good to do that, too. That's the the best part is when you realize like I could do this. Yeah, so much more simply. And and then you sort of look at the elegance of a simple solution versus the complexity of an overly elaborate solution. And yeah, it's very satisfying. But anyway, that was a bit of a digression there. <laughs> I think actually sometimes those really elaborate solutions or or detours that we come up with when we're trying to solve a problem can can often be a way of avoiding the work that we actually need to be doing. Mm-hmm. So if my job is to sit down and write the damn chapter, 
But I suddenly get distracted by thinking, you know what? It is really time to replace this computer. You know, oh, there's a back to school sale. Let me mm-hmm. let me shop around and see. And you know, and then of course, if you do that, that's a big time suck. Or or maybe it's even you know not quite as elaborate. But I just decide, you know what? I I really need to tweak the ergonomics of my workstation here. If I'm going to be sitting here writing this chapter, I need to have my laptop or my monitor a little bit higher or my chair a little bit lower or, oh my gosh, I can take this to ridiculous extremes. All of a sudden, I'm trying to find a domain name for my future book promotion website. (laughs) And then I have to, you know, register for a domain watch service because the one I want isn't available. And now I'm setting up an automatic bidding system in in case it becomes available. It's like, wait a minute, what? What am I supposed to be doing here? I'm supposed to be writing the damn chapter. And I think the the thing that makes it even worse is in this overly communicative, like we can communicate with each other, even though you're you're way across the the continent from me. You get me involved in in these, <laughs> and vice versa. I'll get you involved and be like, "Hey, what do you think about this? Would this be a good good solution for my chair?" <laughs> and then you've got other people egging you on. Yeah. Well, and and actually. I have learned this skill mostly from you, Brock, because so often I will get a Voxer from you that says, Ryan Eagle, what problem are you trying to solve here? Mm -hmm. And that's my cue (laughs) that that I've gone down some sort of rabbit hole. As many of you listening may know, uh, I live on the East Coast of the United States. Brock lives on the West Coast of Canada. And so by the time he's up and online in the morning, I've been at it for several hours. <laughs> and, and you've really been at it, too. You're a, you're a morning person. And so. if my day starts with like, hmm, I'd like to solve this problem. By the time Brock wakes up, I'm like, do you think we could get our website to do this? And, and could we change it so it did that? And could we? And this long digression. And that's when I get the, the message back. Ryan, what problem are you trying to solve here? Yeah. So when we find ourselves way down that rabbit hole, it's really useful to just take that step back and to clarify or or just remind ourselves what problem we are trying to solve. And as Brock just mentioned, this is especially important when we're collaborating with another person on a project. I mean, often Brock and I will discover that we're actually not trying to solve the same problem or that we don't both agree that it is a problem. So it Mm -hmm. really, you need to, um, it's a, it's an important thing when you're working as a member of team to, to be able to clarify what you're trying to accomplish. Because sometimes I think we discover that we're working really hard to solve a problem that doesn't actually need to be solved. Right. Yeah. It's easy to just get wrapped up in your own head and and think this is the most important thing in the world. Right. But it's really not even important in the slightest. But I'm really glad to hear you actually say that you appreciate it when I say that, because sometimes I feel like I'm being a jerk. Oh, no, I hate it when you say that. (laughs) Oh, my first thought is, oh, you jerk. No, Oh. (laughs) no, no, no. I hate it when you say that because I know you're right. (laughs) Well, and I feel like that is a superpower that I have really developed and I I worked hard to develop it as a coach, whether it's in the Way Less program or for my fitness clients, because as a coach, I think it's really important not to just hear what people are asking, but to hear what they're actually saying. And I know there's sort of a, it sounds like I'm using semantics there, but often, uh, here's an example, like as a fitness coach, people often come to me and say, like, I want you to train me for a marathon. Give me a marathon training program. I want to run this race, but. That sounds very straightforward. (laughs) Yeah. And you would seem like to be the right guy for the job. I absolutely am. I've done that hundreds and hundreds of times. I can get you across that finish line. 
But once we, when I delve a little bit and when I've learned to actually hear what people are saying, not what they're asking, I can actually dig in and I realize or, or I help the people realize for themselves that what they're, the problem they're really trying to solve is actually a weight management problem mm. or a self-esteem problem. The marathon is just the, the thing that they've attached to, the shiny object or the, the diversion that they've latched onto. But what they're really trying to solve is something much more meaningful and and actually will affect their lives in a in a greater way and as we know <laughs> training for a marathon yeah you probably will lose some weight but it's not a great way to lose weight and it certainly isn't a great way to keep weight off or right. to develop a healthy healthy relationship with food and movement so it's a really valuable thing to be able to to do for people but you can actually do it for yourself as well you don't have to hire somebody like me or monica to do it and and one of my favorite ways to work through this process is to use what uh, what we've referred to many times in past episodes as the five whys. Right. So you ask yourself, why do I want to do this? Or why is this important to me? But you don't stop with that first reason. So if you came to me and said, I want you to train me for a marathon. And I said, why? And you're like, well, because it would be fun. I'm like, okay, so why would it be fun? If you stop at that first why, then okay, well, that does sound like fun. Let's do it. You don't get to the to the meat of the problem. So continuing to ask those whys becomes the the real helper there. I think that's a great point that sometimes we are not in touch with the true motivation or or the true problem that we're trying to solve. Sometimes though, I think it really is just about communication. For example, in a team situation, when I when you wake up in the morning and at, to an email from me asking 35 different questions, mm-hmm. part of the problem may be that I just haven't involved you in the context, you know, I've gotten so carried away with my solution, I forgot to tell you what the problem was. <laughs> and and it's just about communicating like, oh, wait, let me tell you what triggered this, what problem I'm trying to solve, and then you can help me decide whether I'm still on track or whether mm. this is a good way to solve it, or maybe you have a better idea. So sometimes it really is just about communicating or clarifying for the other person, you know, if you do know, like, here, here's what I'm working on. But you can easily skip that step, especially if you've started to do a little bit of research or a little bit of investigation. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm asking you about web protocols without telling you what I'm actually trying to accomplish. Right. That's a really good point. But I also, I feel like there might be people listening who are thinking, well, hang on, is is solving a problem the only good reason to take action or to make a change? Like if I don't have a problem to be solved, does that mean it's not valid for me to be (laughs) considering Mm -hmm. this? And of course not. You know, everything we do, it doesn't have to be about solving problems. That almost seems kind of negative, you know? Yeah. But I think we can get just as sidetracked when we're trying to achieve something as when we're trying to solve something or fix something. So Another version of that same question might be, well, what outcome am I trying to create? Maybe there's no problem here. I just want to make something better. So what outcome am I trying to create? What is my goal? And sometimes asking yourself those questions, it really becomes, (laughs) it's heavy work. Mm -hmm. Like those questions that, that Monica just posed there, asking yourself those things can really seem ominous and very daunting. And often I think that we sort of choose these deviations or these distractions 
when we're working on something that really does seem too big and requires a lot of effort and then our, our brain just sort of subconsciously starts looking for these distractions, especially especially the ones that are disguised as shortcuts Ooh, yeah. to get something done. <laughs> Yes, I think that is so true. We see something that seems like it's going to save us a lot of time or save us some work or be a be an easy way to jump to the next level. Um, and those often are not what they seem. Yeah, so make sure you're on the lookout for those shiny, sparkly, probably fad-based distractions that can be the most insidious when we're trying to work on things. Finally, and, and I mentioned this briefly at the beginning, but one of the ways that we can really often the way that we can reach our goals the the fastest and the most efficiently is to actually remove procedures or remove tools rather than adding them so a good rule of thumb is when you see yourself getting attracted to those shiny sparkly fad based distractions is to question the validity of each of those new things that you're considering adding to your solution to make sure it's truly as helpful as you think it might be Often you want to remove something, not add something. Ooh, that hits close to home. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, my, my impulse is always to add another thing, add another layer, add another level. And it's really valuable to have somebody like you whose um, tendency is more to try to simplify that's what makes us such a good team. <laughs> well, you are not alone, Ryan Nagel. <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> okay, so... I'm going to just sum up what we've talked about so far before we get into our lab experiment for this episode. Yep. And I think the first thing is that designing solutions that are unnecessarily complicated or costly may actually cause us to lose sight completely of our original objective. And sometimes our brain actually distracts us from working on the bigger issue by dazzling us with something that seems like it'll help, but doesn't actually move us closer to our goals. So we want to be on guard for that. And then asking ourselves questions like, what is my current focus? What am I trying to create? Or what is my real goal? The answers to those questions can help us get back on track. And then finally, simplify your plan before you complicate it into oblivion. <laughs> yep, that's going to be my new password. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Actually, I would just add one more little bonus takeaway. All right. And that is that when you're working with someone and you're sensing some resistance, that may be a sign that you're not both on the same page as to what problem you're trying to solve. Mm. And that clarifying that can sometimes make all of the rest of the conversation a lot more productive. Yeah. Okay, so here's a lab experiment that you all can use to maybe check to see, audit maybe, <laughs> some of the solutions in your life to see whether you may have fallen into the complexity trap. So start by just thinking about some system or solution that you've designed for your life that might be sort of complicated or costly whether that's in time or other resources. And this could be something that you use in your business, or it could be something in your home or with your family or something completely personal. And I'll even extend it a little bit more. This could be something that you've already implemented or one that you're just thinking about implementing. And now I want you to see if you can write down in a simple sentence what problem that solution was originally intended to solve, or if you like, what goal it was intended to achieve. Mm, yeah. Can you say it in just one sentence? 
And then the next step is to ask yourself or maybe ask your team or your partner, does that particular problem need to be solved or does it still need to be solved? How many solutions do we have running around that are for problems that no longer exist? (laughs) (laughs) So ask yourself, does that problem need to be solved? Has that original goal been either achieved or maybe abandoned? Or even does it just fall lower on a list of priorities sometimes too? That's another another one. Right. And then finally, if the answer is yes, this problem still needs to be solved, then ask yourself, is there could there be a simpler way to solve this problem or achieve this goal? Has this solution become unnecessarily complex? Simplify, simplify, simplify. Yeah. And with all the extra time you save, (laughs) once you've simplified your solutions, you can jump over to our website, subscribe to our newsletter. Our website is at changeacademypodcast.com. And when you're on our mailing list, we actually send out a copy of these lab experiments every time we release a new episode just to make your life a little simpler. (laughs) I think you get the award for the smoothest transition (laughs) ever in an episode of Change Academy. (laughs) So bravo, and thanks everyone for tuning in. My name is Brock Armstrong. And I'm Monica Reinagel. We'll see you next time. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time on the Change Academy podcast.